The NFL draft is this week, so we're talking where Florida Gators might end up or where might be the best fit for them here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Mock Draft Monday. Well, that's what we'll, we'll call it that. But I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants Country NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. And obviously, when we're talking about, you know, where are Florida Gators going in the draft, you have to start with Anthony Richardson, right? And there's a lot of teams that I think are pretty good fits for him. You could talk about the Seahawks picking fifth overall or 20th overall or somewhere in that range if they decide to trade up or down. You talk about a lot. You talk about the Lions, same situation. They could trade up or down, and they can get Anthony Richardson. But I think it's the Colts. Uh, I think it's the Indianapolis Colts that take Anthony Richardson. I think that they've been blown away with their meetings with him. I do think it's a bit of a coincidence, maybe, or maybe too much of a coincidence, we'll say, that... When uh, Chris Ballard was talking about, we're going to focus on the guys that we have in the building right now. It was during Anthony Richardson's visit to the Indianapolis Colts. So he was, well, in the building right now. Um, So I think that one's a little coincidental. But it's also like, hey, you need a quarterback. You've tried multiple times, if you're the Indianapolis Colts under Chris Ballard, you tried multiple times to go, well, we're just going to take a veteran. We're going to take a veteran quarterback, and that's how we're going to win. Whether that's Carson Wentz, whether that's Matt Ryan, whoever it is, they go, we're going to take a veteran and we're going to work. This is your last quarterback if you're Chris Ballard. I truly think that that this is your last quarterback addition you get to make if you're Chris Ballard. So Shane Steichen, first-year head coach. Great. You need a quarterback. Why not get the quarterback that I'm not going to say he resembles Jalen Hurts because, well, plain and simple, he doesn't pretty much at all. Uh, They're both athletic. They're both mobile, yes, but they're very different stylistically. But I guess you could also say the main similarity they have is that although they're very athletic and very mobile, they want to throw the ball. Like, they want to sit in the pocket and make passes. So why not draft Anthony Richardson if you're the Indianapolis Colts? You get your franchise quarterback, your quarterback that if you're Chris Ballard probably buys you at least a year, maybe two. I want to say, I want to say drafting Anthony Richardson, you get to go, well, we don't expect him to play this year. He's going to play next year and see how he works in his first year as a full starter. But also again, he could probably step in and contribute in this offense right away. So you've got that the head coach security there. You've got, 
a quarterback friendly scheme from your head coach, which is an issue if you know you go to the Cardinals or something where your offensive scheme is not run by your head coach. Because that means that if your offense is going well, your coordinator is probably going to get hired away to be a head coach elsewhere. So you don't have to worry about that change because guess what? Your head coach is your offensive guy. You've got a pretty solid defense, not great, but solid, and a young core around your quarterback. You've got Jonathan Taylor's a beast. You've got uh, Michael Pittman Jr. You've got... I mean, the offensive line, I get it that they're one of the most highest paid offensive lines and that they didn't really do their job too much in 2022, but you've still got enough pieces where you can kind of bank on, I guess you can bank on them rebounding. You've got Alec Pierce, uh, pretty sure they signed Isaiah McKenzie. You've got Mo Ali Cox. You got Kylan Granson, who I personally, I do love as an H-back style back. Um but I mean, right now, who do you have on roster? Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger as your quarterback options now. So, yeah, I, I think that you could say they're looking at a quarterback early. If it's Anthony Richardson, I think you get your home run hitter. That's a scheme fit that honestly might be your best quarterback right away to start. Um, but there won't be pressure to start right away. So I think Anthony Richardson to the Colts is the best fit. Another... Fit that we're talking about for another potential first round pick for the Florida Gators, Osiris Torrance. I realize that he's now sifting through that 25 to 33 ish range on mock drafts. 29 is the pick that I'm giving him. I'm giving him to the New Orleans Saints at 29. And I know that there's probably a good deal of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans listening to this. I'm sorry that a Florida Gator is going, that a very good Florida Gator is going to a, uh, team that you hate but on the bright side he'd be a first round pick at this point but also you look at this offensive line that the saints have and you've got andrus pete is probably not going to be there much longer you can upgrade at the other spots so i think that when you look at osiris torrance and the new orleans saints he also kind of kind of just generally fits what they want to do, what Pete Carmichael wants to do. So he fits schematically. He fits the system. We know that. And also, I'm saying this right now, uh, I realize there are some people who look at Osiris Torrance and they go, nah, I don't I don't think he can operate in a zone blocking scheme. Um, as ZBS, if you see it on like Twitter and, and, and written in articles. Um, yes, he can. He was just an All-American doing that. He was just an All-American in a wide zone scheme. So yes, he can operate in a zone blocking scheme. It might not be the best fit for him at the next level, but we know for a fact it's something that he can do. That He can do everything Pete Carmichael asks his guards to do with the New Orleans Saints. He is right in their wheelhouse of pick, tw- uh, of pick 29. He can play immediately, and if you don't play him immediately then you have your starter pretty much set for 2024 because the Saints can get out of Andrews Pete's contract soon with little to no cap penalties. So you can create a ton of cap space when you're the team that everybody's like, but the cap! Um, and you have your immediate starter in Osiris Torrance. Personally, I think he's the best interior offensive lineman in the class, not just best guard. Um, but that also goes to say that I think 
the two best interior offensive linemen in the class are Osiris Horns and Steve Avila. So you've got both guys. Um, could be pronounced Avila. I'm I'm genuinely not certain because I do not watch games with volume on. <laughs> but you you have that set up where the two best guards are the two best interior offensive linemen, but Osiris Torrance is the best interior offensive lineman, the best guard. So you add him to the New Orleans Saints and you make their running game, which they're going to lean on, that much better. So I think, yeah, you can look at that as a fantastic fit and just in terms of range and everything. Uh, we're about to talk about some other players who are going to be less specific about the range that they're being drafted in because it's just as it gets later, it's very difficult to track that kind of stuff. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. NBA playoffs are here and on fire. I'm telling you now, I'm a little pissed that LeBron didn't drop 40 on Saturday night against the Grizzlies because I 100% bet LeBron to score 40 and the Lakers to win by five. They won by more than five, but LeBron did not drop 40. And I, I, I was banking on it like... I was like, all the trash Dylan Brooks talking, he's got to do it. But new customers with FanDuel Sportsbook get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can sign up and get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. Go to FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, thank you for liking, subscribing, comment, review, whatever it is you're going to do. Join the Lockdown Gators uh, Discord. The link's in the description below. But now we're talking about other Florida Gators here. And I'm starting off with Javon Dexter. Because Javon Dexter is someone that, coming into the 2022 season, a lot of Gators fans, NFL media, draft pundits, we're talking about Javon Dexter as, well, could he be a first-round pick? Also, to make it abundantly clear, it's pronounced Jervon. I hate when people say Gervon. I hate when people mispronounce Florida Gators names because it's so easily available. You literally just go to the roster, click the player, and there's a pronunciation of that player pronouncing their name for you. So for Jervon Dexter, um, just to just to bang that one out, I think he's a Cleveland Brown. I think that when you look at the Cleveland Browns and you look at what Andrew Berry likes to do when drafting Andrew Berry, is the, G-fan- the general manager, I almost said defensive manager, um, the general manager, but you look at what Andrew Berry likes from his draft prospects, they like young players. Their guardrail is like, if you're going in the first three rounds, you've got to be under 23 years old. Um, and they like athletes where it's like, well, you've got to have, I believe their benchmark is like eight as a relative athletic score. Javon Dexter, 21 years old. He'll be 22 till turn 22 during the season, but 21 years old right now, 9.53 relative athletic score. And guess what? He addresses arguably the biggest team need on this Cleveland Browns roster, which is interior defensive linemen. You've got Miles Garrett on one end. You've got Ogbenaya Okoronkwo on another. And even on the interior, you've got Dalvin Tomlinson, who's one of the better nose tackles in the league. But next to him, you've got, who's going to start? Tristan Hill. Uh, 
is Jordan Elliott is going to start. Neither of those guys really just churn confidence into you, right? But Jervon Dexter with his ceiling, his skill set, his athleticism, and just the fit with the Cleveland Browns and what they what their philosophy is. I don't think there's I don't think there's a cleaner cut fit for the Florida Gators in the 2023 NFL draft. Sticking with the defensive side where we've kind of we're we're kind of gonna be on defense for the rest of the draft, really. Uh there's what two offensive players left. Yeah, there's Justin Shorter and Richard Garage that we're going to talk about. I'm not talking about Jordan Pouncey because I'm genuinely not certain if he gets an opportunity. Um, but Ventra Miller is the next one talking about linebacker. I think the Washington commanders are a good fit for him. Um, you know, I've had Jonathan Bostic on the show a few times now. Um, and every time that I've spoken to him and we've talked about, you know, Patrick Tony likes to do similar things to what the Washington commanders do, because that's just, I I've said it before, as much as you don't like Patrick Tony or you don't like the scheme or you don't like whatever, that's kind of what modern football is. A lot of quarters, a lot of cover three. You're going to see the same thing from Austin Armstrong, but you're going to see it designed with a bunch of blitzes and pressure packages. Um, but that's kind of what the Washington commanders like to do defensively. That's one of the big selling points for Jonathan Bostic is that he's comfortable operating in it because it was also similar to what we saw with Will Muschamp and just, I mean, the other DCs he had while he was in Gainesville uh, as in Bostic. Ventra Miller, kind of similar player when we compare Jonathan Bostic as a draft prospect to Ventra Miller as a draft prospect. Because while he's not an awesome athlete, insane football IQ, heart and soul of the team, loves to hit more of a run defender than anything else, they they kind of match up a lot. It's like not elite size, not elite length, and and they line up pretty operately, pretty uh, pretty closely we'll say they operate pretty closely uh and then you look at the linebacker room that washington has you could use a little uh a, a bit of we'll say young blood thrown in there so ventro miller could operate there he knows how to operate in the defensive system he knows how to work in the defensive system and he's a guy that you're going to get mid late day three and he's going to be able to contribute to a defense pretty much immediately like like if he had a perfectly clean bill of health throughout his college career or just minor injuries. He's probably late day two, early day three, but injuries are definitely an issue here for Ventrell. It's something that he's dealt with year after year and he played through this year, but also he played through the injury and then missed pretty much his entire pre-draft process because he was uh, dealing with that injury. He is healthy now though. He's going to be good for minicamp. And the last player we're talking about in this segment and I know a lot of Gators fans hate him, but Trey Dean the third to the New England Patriots. Um, and yeah, I, I know a lot of Florida Gators fans hate him. That's cool. You're entitled to do that. But I've been saying for over two years now, because I took over this podcast on April 1st, 2021. Um, so I've been saying for over two years now that trading is just... He's going to be a better pro than he was with that he was a college player. And I mean, he he went to the shrine game and he balled out in an environment that is incredibly difficult to ball out in. Why did he ball out in that? Because of his skill set. The thing that I've been asking for for two years is just line him up against a tight end and let him play man coverage and let him be an eraser. 
He's tall. He's long. He's got the athleticism that can stick with tight ends. I don't care about his testing numbers. But he's going to be a better pro than he is college player. He was working with the New England Patriots at the Shrine game. Bill Belichick likes him. Like, I know for a fact Bill Belichick likes his tape, likes his game. I know the rest of that coaching staff was impressed with his game at the Shrine game. He's got the perfect skill set for a defense that pretty much loves saying, hey, yeah, we're just going to line up in man coverage, cover one, cover two man, and we're just going to, you're going to have to beat us as defenders. You're going to have to beat us in man coverage. And Trey Dean can do exactly that because he'll be matched up with tight ends and running backs, and he will be able to handle them. And so I think trading to the New England Patriots might actually be the only fit that's better for a Gator than Javon Dexter to the Cleveland Browns. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about, we got, what, six more Gators, five more Gators to run through, so it's going to be a little quick to get through them. But at the same time, I will say most, if not all, of these guys are going to be late day three slash undrafted free agents there. Um, and it's not necessarily an indictment of like, oh, they're, they're bad at football. That's not at all what that means. There's multiple reasons that this might be happening. But first up, we'll go Brenton Cox Jr., who going into the season, it was like, well, if he has a strong showing, he could work himself into day two pick. Um, he did not have a strong showing. If anything, he had uh, an absolutely horrible showing because he got kicked off the team. But I think Brenton Cox Jr. to the Cincinnati Bengals, pretty solid fit. One of the few teams that he had an actual visit with. He won't be forced to play early. They've got Trey Hendrickson. They've got Sam Hubbard. They've got Joseph Osai. They've got Cam Sample. Uh, they drafted from Coastal Carolina um, Jeff Gunter, Jeffrey Jeffrey Gunter last year. They're, they've got plenty of guys, right? But behind Sam Hubbard and Trey Henderson, it's not really anybody proven. Um, Joseph Asai obviously showed promise, but, you know, it's still early in his career. So Brenton Cox won't be forced to play early, which I think will help him because I think that'll give him the opportunity to kind of just to kind of just learn to be a pro. Obviously, we know there are a lot of off-field red flags. That's why, even if he did have a strong showing this year, he might be late pick undrafted free agent. So I think that with this time that he's been dismissed from the team, Florida brought him back for the pro day, and Billy Napier was like, look, like he's been working. He's been trying to improve. Um, we'll see how true that really is. But hopefully Brenton Cox Jr. Will be, will be able to get his head screwed on straight and maybe become a rotational rusher for the Cincinnati Bengals and perennial playoff team at this point. Next is Justin Shorter, wide receiver. He, I think for me, Buffalo Bills is a great fit for him. He had a visit with them. I think the visit was virtual, not a 30 visit, which by the way, it's not called a top 30 visit. It's a 30 visit. Um, but Justin Shorter had a visit with the Bills. I believe it was over Zoom, which means not a 30 visit. Um, but I think that when you're looking at the Buffalo Bills and you look at, well, their quarterback being Josh Allen, which is funny because I compared Anthony Richardson to Josh Allen for, well, forever um and the a big purpose was you know big bodied quarterback strong arm likes to move he needs someone that can kind of move with him and give him extra give him more passing options um he needs someone that he can kind of just throw it up to and the bills do have that 
they do have that. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, great receiving core, at least the great top three, and then a bunch of guys who can fill a role behind them, which is kind of what you need when you're building a roster is get great players and just have role players behind them, but actually like carve out a role for those guys. Um, but I think that for Justin Shorter and Josh Allen, big bodied receiver that can get vertical is going to stack DBs and then get by them and is going to be a fit for this Buffalo Bills just offense that is going to use him properly. Ken Dorsey's done a great job of utilizing Gabe Davis, utilizing just other bigger receivers before then. And I think that Justin Shorter, when you go, okay, can you be a depth guy? I think the answer is yes. So Justin Shorter to the Buffalo Bills is a fit that I love. Going back to defense for a player, Rashad Torrance the second. I kind of dig the the fit with the Atlanta Falcons, which again, sorry, I know we probably have a good deal of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans here. Um, but I kind of dig Rashad Torrance to the Atlanta Falcons. I think that when you look at what their roster has, they just spent big money on Jesse Bates the third. Also, Rashad Torrance did have a meeting with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know if it was virtual or a 30 visit. Um, but when you look at the Falcons, big money on Jesse Bates III. You have behind him, or next to him, in that safety room with him, Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins. However, outside of Jesse Bates, there's nothing very impressive. And I love Richie Grant. And I love Richie Grant. I loved Richie Grant when he was coming out of Central Florida. Um, in the pre-draft process, he was very fun. I got to talk to him a couple of times. He, he was very cool. Um, he's a funny guy. I remember that at the senior bowl, he went up to an NFL network, um, like, like, I guess camera guy. And he's like, Hey man, like my name's Richard Grant. Can you set me up with a free NFL Sunday ticket package? Um, and he, and then, so he was very funny. Um, but he has not been spectacular as an NFL player yet. And so I think that if you're like, okay, well late day three or early in undrafted free agency to add Rashad Torrance, the second, maybe can become a contributor. Maybe he can get back to that 2021 form. Then you're looking at someone that like, okay, he, he can work his way into the rotation is my whole point here. And I think that that's important to get late. If you can get a role player, that's a big win for you. Last offensive player to talk about Richard garage, Miami dolphins are the fit for me. I know that he had a visit with them. I believe it was a 30 visit. They need offensive line help. They need offensive line depth. They need someone that can operate in a zone blocking system. Richard Garage can do all of those things. I think his skill set also, even though he played pretty much left tackle only at Florida, I think that he's very capable of playing on the left or right side. And so I think that you kind of give that swing tackle versatility is something that teams are always going to love when they roll into a Sunday with, you know, seven or eight offensive linemen, you need to be able to play multiple positions. So for Richard garage, we know he could play both tackle spots at the senior role. I saw him working as a guard with the green Bay Packers offensive line coach. So he was working at both tackle spots and both guard spots. So when you're talking about positional versatility and someone on the offensive line, that could step in in multiple spots. That's Richard Garage. So he's going to find an NFL team that's going to want his skill set. That's I'm confident in that. Whether or not you think he's great does not matter. I'm confident he's going to find the team that wants him. And the last player is Amari Bernie, who I'm throwing to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I don't think he's met with them yet, but here's the thing. He doesn't have to meet with them because Arizona Cardinals safety coach right now 
Patrick Tony, who's just Florida Gators co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. And I know that a lot of people make the connection of Patrick Tony, Ventro Miller. Um, they also go Patrick Tony trading, which is not happening. They go Patrick Tony Rashad Torrance, which I don't think is happening. But when you look at Patrick Tony, what he did last year as the co-defensive coordinator of the Florida Gators and defensive play caller, uh, I spent the whole year saying Patrick Tony's defense is modern defense. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, that's very similar schematically to what Patrick Tony did. Jonathan Gannon, who is the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, got hired to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He brought Patrick Tony with him to the Arizona Cardinals. You don't need to have meetings with Amari Bernie or Ventra Miller or Brenton Cox Jr. or Rashad Torrance or Trading or any defenders that you're interested in from the University of Florida because you have the guy that was just their co-defensive coordinator. So that's why Amari Bernie didn't meet with the Cardinals. I'm not sold on it, and I know that you want to go Arizona Cardinals, Ventra Miller, or you cannot spend a draft pick and go Arizona Cardinals, Amari Bernie, especially when – if you're the Cardinals, I feel like your interior offensive, your interior linebacker room is better than the outside. So you add Amari Bernie, who's more accustomed to the outside. He's more of just like the athletic guy that can play Will. He can kind of play Sam, but not really. And he can, you know, he can operate in your defense. So I think that that's also a great, like, check that one right off. So Amari Bernie to the Cardinals is a fit that I love, especially as an undrafted free agent. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We're back to talking Florida Gators football. We'll talk Xavier Henderson tomorrow because we we have to talk about that. But for Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants, Country, NFL 33. And I'll see you all tomorrow.